these are like the most disappointing fantasy <laughs> pants. Pet Gamerscape's podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI, news, community, and more. I'm Vivi. I'm special musical guest Cher. No, you're not. Come on. That, that sound it was funny in my head. Do you want to redo it? <laughs> no. Okay. We're, we're rolling. Okay. I'm a Roku. <laughs> uh, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Pet Food Beta. Mm-hmm. Gamerscape's podcast, bringing you the biscuit, etc. Um, yes. It's been a few weeks, uh, and there was a big update. There was. This it week. was awesome. Yeah. Huge. Is that Udia word worthy? No, I guess not yet. Well, no, it's not like I'm saying. I mean, there's a certain line, and I'm kind of just tiptoeing all over it. So. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right, and uh, I'm chewing gum, which is very unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But you're, you know, satiating your dog's cuddle lust, so that works. Well, that has nothing to do with. Anyway. Um, no, 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 but it's like, you know, oh, I'm gonna get rid of noise in the background, but have gum. So it works. For you listening on your whatever device, your electronic audio device, um, what, he, what is, um, what Moroku is talking about is this week's episode, I moved my recording setup to my couch, sort of. It's like balancing on a table in a chair so that uh, to avoid unnecessary roughness from my dog, you know, as of previously, uh, uh, last episode, she was digging a hole in the carpet and breathing into the microphone. So she's uh, she's sleeping next to me right, right here. And let's hope it stays that way for the duration of the show. Anyway, news. Shall we get into it? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... The way we're going to do this, there's so much to talk about. We're going to just run down the stuff we already talked about, just as a reminder, and just move on to the stuff we didn't talk about or didn't talk about at length or speculated on. Um, so the stuff last episode we mentioned was going into this update was the alter ego and fellow adjustments. You can summon them in new areas. You can summon them in with a party, all that stuff. Um, the adjustments to Reeves, including the augmentable... Um, things and a few new items the easing of mission and quest restrictions where you can now enter with one person do a lot of content the ergon weapon weapon skill acquisition quests have now been unlocked for geomancer and rune fencer and the merit point category expansion i think that about covers yeah what we mentioned the last time so the stuff we didn't talk about last time to the best of my knowledge include the synth kits we talked about according to you briefly okay. like we mentioned it and we thought it would be something completely different i could be entirely wrong and just be waking up from some sort of weird hazed fever dream but well, I, I think we were we were pretty um accurate in our assumption but we did get a yeah. chance to, to try them actually right before the show oh yeah we researched it like we're, we're hardcore into this now it's investigative this is, reporting we're, we are the barbara walters of podcasting something like that um yeah. I was thinking something along the lines of like the uh, what is it the uh, Vanadil Tribune. Oh, I can't it's remember like, the, the it's quote. Like the Vanadil, like Nancy Grace, I guess, or something. Do synth kids harm our children? Four <laughs> <at> nine. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's that's the name of the episode right there. 
<laughs> uh, okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the syndicates pretty much, um, they're kind of like little bento boxes that you don't actually see or have any idea what's inside of them, but you add a crystal and stuff comes out. That sounds gross. Yeah. It's also very similar to how meth works, but you know, well, I think Breaking Bad has taught me science and apparently nothing else. <laughs> Uh, so, the way that you get the synth kits is probably, I think, previously mentioned. We'll just say it again. Um, you go to the guild, which is now, for your convenience, open 24 hours a day, 8 days a week. 8 days a week. Anybody? The Beatles? Maybe? Right? That laughter you hear is from our live studio audience. Right? <laughs> they love it. Uh, so synth kits, yes. The, the guilds are now open 24 hours a day, 8 days a week. Well, sort of. Um, one of them is, I guess, to... They're so um, delicate with like the lore in Final Fantasy XI, something that I love so much that um, I, I don't think they do enough of in 14. Not to knock on 14, but it's it's one thing that kind of irks me about 14, which we will touch about this very idea later in the show. Yes. In a new segment that we have. It's a um, very meta segment. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, but... I, one of the original reasons that the the shops were had uh, hours they were closed was all obviously to prevent like crafting from like flooding the market and all that, which is laughable now. But um, at the time it was you know rolled out, that was that was the reason. But also lore wise, it would it wouldn't make sense to have these shops open all the time and never have them have a day off. So what they did is one of the shop uh, shops get to take the nights off, and the other one just stays open twenty four hours a day. Well, the thing that I think is kind of funny is that the two NPCs sell completely different things now. That is also interesting. Yeah, and so I'm actually running back to the Alchemy Guild to back up this claim, but I'm pretty sure it's true. I think you're um, right, yeah, because they added a bunch of stuff. Right, and so what I think it is is that one NPC sells um, stuff that you can buy now with certain ranks for uh, being an alchemist, for example, like I'm at the Alchemist Guild. And so uh, they have uh, things like animal glue, which you can't buy until you recruit an alchemist or an alchemy or whatever, and then stuff ends up being grayed out and that NPC is open. That same NPC also sells the synthesis kits and the other one appears to just sell random stuff. So or which, random. One, which one is open? That's what I'm doing. I'm going to camp out here and then probably some segment, you know, 20, 30 minutes down the line, I'll be like, they closed! So we'll <laughs> see. Is it, uh, is it 2137 in-game? It's like you're in something. But yeah, it, it, it is exactly 2137, so I have no idea what time it would actually close because they're not saying what time their hours are. So Well, alchemy might be different than cooking. I feel like cooking closes relatively early. Yeah, they had cooking in weird hours. Like, I know the fishing guild hours because I had to get minnows, but that's about it. Anyway, um, synth kits. Um, one thing we didn't get to test extensively, um, but I, I happened to observe when I was testing it is for they're, each one. They're not 100%. They're, oh, you found that out for sure? Yeah. No, okay. first one I did is like, nope, don't scale up. So, or yeah, what I was about to say. Yep. They also added, uh, as far as crafting is concerned, they added a last synth text command. Just so awesome. Yes, it. Sh <laughs> Oh man. Use your words. Uh, words are so hard. I agree. The last synth command is awesome. Mm -hmm. It sure is. 
And in the future, there is going to be an interface for, I guess, a crafting recipe of sorts, or a recipe book of sorts. In the interface, you'll be able to click synthesis and then select from previously synthed items. Down the line, yes? Yeah, not in this update. Okay. Yeah. But the first component of that is the last synth, so if you're skilling up on the same thing re repeatedly, you can just issue a command to do that. Legitimately. Yes. <laughs> Which is actually kind of awesome because uh, if you were doing a synth with like eight materials back in the day, oh, yeah. uh, you know, two weeks ago, you'd only be able to get like 13 synths in with the uh, HQ stuff. Well, I mean, just even, not even back in the day, but like I, I had synth over synthed um, shallops tropical mm -hmm. or cooking and had more than Tire. I could turn in and so I kept all of them in my delivery box waiting for that to come around and of course I haven't caught it when it's been you know, the guild item. Did they? When was that? I thought they eliminated that item. Shallops Tropical? Yeah, well not like from the game but I mean um, because there was a while back that they made it so they all of the um, recipes that you turned to the guilds were easier and they changed the point values and stuff. And this was ages ago so I don't know if this was... That wasn't, that wasn't one of them but the reason that I, I kept all of those on hand was because like bay leaves for example are like an or at least before this update was annoying to obtain because i think unless you're... You, can, you can buy them from sandoria normally i think oh yeah it's sandoria or it's um a region vendor i thought it was only if it de it, it was dependent on conquest but i might be wrong. i think it, like the thing is with like sandoria they're kind of weird because they're the snobby french nation no offense if you're from france but you're kind of terrible um but because they're the snobby French nation, they've got all the cool food stuff, so I ended up having to make a mule in Sandoria specifically for cooking, so, you know, I wouldn't have my Tarotaru associated with the giraffe nation. So, yeah. yeah. Wanna fight about it? No. Uh, okay. Uh, was that all, it was said about it for crafting for this update? Uh, that was a little all over the place. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, the sort of, there was, um... The new Super Koopo powers, uh, they consolidated some stuff and they made it so you can get crystals easier in one of them while combining uh, the transit ones into one. Yeah, so the adjust going down the list of updates, um, the Super Koopo powers. Yeah. I'm getting messaged from Fusion X about something. Don't record the world will explode? Probably. Uh, oh, something else. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, that's pretty rude. Should we re-record it or what? The entire episode? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'll, just, I'll edit that better portion out. Um, keep, keep the Sandorian Giraffeson part. Because, you know, keep the part about the Sandorian Giraffeson. Long-necked Elven people and stuff. Uh, nah, whatever. Okay. I'm, dis I'm distracted. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Super Coup Powers. Yes. Uh, in addition to the Crystal Caboodle, which, to recap, um, it increases the crystal drops and allows crystals to be obtained in areas that are under Beastman control, where normally you can't. Uh, they also removed one of them, uh, what is it called? Ease of Exploration. Mm -hmm. Actually, they didn't remove it, they just combined it with Thrifty Transit. So Thrifty Transit now encapsulates Ease of Exploration, which is what the free outpost warping and then the Nomad Moogle that appears that allows you to warp between nations, which is kind of irrelevant now anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, they should have just straight up gotten rid of the Moogle. I like the Moogle. 
I know, I like the Moogle too. Frankly, everybody should be Moogles. I'm kind of surprised that for an April Fool's Day, I think they haven't been like, surprise update, everybody's a Moogle now. Man, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. Or, you know what, it would have been, well, I guess with the home point crystals, it makes sense because you can set your home point there, but it would have been interesting had some of those been Nomad Moogles instead, like they expanded. They could have done a little mini storyline around that, but I guess priorities. Yeah. Uh, and then the other adjustment to Super Coup Powers is Martial Master now includes automate. Uh, automaton. Thank you. Automaton skill up boost. So that's awesome. Yeah, cool. A little muffin can um, skill up his ranged. I always find like uh, the uh, names of like people's automatons like it says kind of a lot about them. Like for me, it's self obsessed because I named my automaton Joe. <laughs> yeah, but then you know I've got a friend of mine who's like one of the best pups I know, and his pup is named like Marvin, and it's like such a dorky name, but he's like the destroyer of worlds. It's great. One of the other things that was added is a new, new little aim emote. Did you mess around with that? Uh, um, no, not yet. I'm thinking I only use it with a ranged weapon. Yeah, you have to have. I think you have to have not only a ranged weapon, but something that uses ammo, so not a throwing weapon. Oh, I was just about to equip a chakram. <laughs> um, but what it does is you get a little message in the chat log that says your character's name readies their weapon at whatever. Yeah. And then you stand out there like you're about to fire for like 30 seconds and then you put it away. <laughs> I don't know why it was added, but it was. Well, um, did they ever implement that um, camera hexagon? Yeah, I have it actually because I got the um, the Vanadale, uh, Vanadale Tribune book. Oh, well. That I might wonder. be the reason why. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise you have to go out and like shoot a gun that's level one. Yeah. So, who knows? They'll probably add another one of those or something. Yeah, well, for, like, I, think an event. Could, you could pro uh, I guess you can't use ammo with the, the Zenny cameras. No. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. Aim emote. Mm -hmm. Mog Garden rank now reaches level seven. Mine is still stuck on the quest where I need the Mog real thing for the carp, so. Oh yeah, that was a pain, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and the couple items that added along with that is you can grow sticky rice directly in your mod garden, I guess. Oh, wait, sticky rice or tartar tar rice? Sticky rice. Ooh, ooh. I don't that. know if you have to be rank 7 or what, but... Uh. Uh, and there is another quest in the, the quest line for that where you are rewarded, rewarded with a straw hat. Hmm. Whatever that does, probably nothing. Uh, yeah, but if it did something, I would be more surprised. Yes. Um, yeah. So, that's that. Yeah. Moon phase removed from the Ranger AF quest. Thank Oops. Yeah. 36. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Praise Altana. Hello, my name is Elder Bryce, and I would like to share with you the most amazing goddess book. Don't get the reference. It's the Brady Guide. It's the book of the Brady Guide. Uh, it's the right. book of Mormon, right? Yeah. Because that totally works. And this is a very musical episode. This is a very special episode. Yes, it is. It's like those puppies in the Sarah McLaughlin commercials were able to think this is happening. Oh, goodness. Maybe. Uh, I don't even know. Um... Okay, you take the next one, because I clearly can't form a complete sentence in my head. That doesn't end with an Udia, or what have you. Messaging fusion again. Ah, uh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, what were we just talking about? The Ranger AF? Moon phase restriction was removed from Ranger Artifact Quest. I'm over the moon about it. <laughs> 
You wanted to redo that segment just so you could use that joke. Actually, I got that right as you were talking because I was simultaneously not listening and thinking about what I was going to say next. And then a pun like sort of came out kind of like the birth of Christ, just spontaneous. Okay. Yes. Uh, moving on. Um, wait time has been reduced for miscellaneous other quests and missions. Which ones? We don't know. Miscellaneous. Oh, well, they did they did list a handful of them, which include, I think, a lot of like the um, the summoner trial ones and stuff like that. Oh, now I'm actually curious. Damn it. It's nothing. It's not. It's something I haven't done already. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then the big thing in this update, I think, is the weapon skills. Oh, my God. The weapon skills. So weapon skills pretty much, except for the merited ones, correct me if I'm wrong, um, pretty much all got overhauled. Yep. It, like I did a, a, I think it was like a three and a half k fast blade on a Mandragora outside of Adeline. Yeah, Adeline. Yeah, it's it's insane and amazing. Yeah, um, my friend did a sixteen k wildfire on the B boss. Sixteen k on Corsair. So amazing, and it was an it was um that was not like what he was doing consistently. That was his highest by far. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing more like three k or four k, but even still, that's that's a lot more than than previously. Well, does he? Uh, oh no, I guess that wouldn't be like a set bonus thing. That's really weird. Yeah, I don't know what could have possibly spiked that. Maybe the potency boon was up, and then some other no, you, combination of buffs. No, you know, I bet like there was like somebody's like nausea or something with that weapon skill that she has that like doubles your damage. Oh right, yeah, I yeah. bet. I I bet that's what it was. Yeah. I'll have to rem- um, remember to tell him that. Yeah, just like crush his dreams. No, it's not your skill. It's just an NBC. Congratulations. <laughs> well, he was wondering why it was such a huge spike. Um, yeah. But regardless, uh, basically, so what happened, we're not going to cover all of this because we'd be here until, you know, the next version update listing and, all of this information. But Which, incidentally, is going to be in July at some point. So. Yeah, early July. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened is some of the modifiers were thrown out the window. Some of them were increased. Uh, and the TP bonuses in a lot of cases, in most cases, were changed. Mm-hmm. So I have a few examples here. Uh, overall, the magical weapon skills potency is now affected by main hand item level. So those magical weapon skills, which unless you have like a magic attack bonus stack, which you typically won't unless you're like blue mage, you can now use those with just a high item level and do like some decent damage. Case in point, I was out in Yorkshire Wheel on Dancer just seeing if I could do like an Aeolian Edge Cleave. And it wasn't like super efficient, but I was doing like 1k to those mobs, which are like, you know, I remember when they came out, you couldn't solo them. Yeah. So a a couple concrete examples we have here. And I I did my research. I looked at like the old version of like the wiki and pulled up the the history of that. So evisceration, you know, the dagger weapon, quested weapon skill. The modifier is now dexterity uh, 50%. And the TP bonus is increased when you've got 2,000 or more TP. And if you're thinking like, 2,000? What? Yes, they also uh, display the TP now in thousands instead of hundreds. The values are the same. So like, what is 2,000 now? It used to be 200. Yeah. Um, They just made it so you can see the decimals without actually having the decimals. Because yay, PS2 limitations. (laughs) Probably. So that weapon skill previously was a 30% dex modifier and the critical hit hit rate improved with the tp more linearly so basically i think he said this before we started talking on the show 
was a lot of these TP bonuses make it so that weapon skilling at a hundred or I guess a thousand TP now isn't it's, as effective. So that's gonna be so weird to start saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Uh, that's. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But it, it you'll do a lot more damage if you actually wait to two thousand or three thousand TP instead of you know before most of the weapon skills that you would use you would just use right away at a hundred or a thousand TP uh, because the bonuses were things like chance of critical hit you know increases or additional effects length longer <laughs> you know whatever mm. uh, but now with with the exception of the merited weapon skills, a lot of these other ones, you'll do a lot more damage if you have more TP, which I like. It makes it so that oh. you, actually, you actually have to think about which weapon skill you're going to use. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, um, I'm trying to remember which one I was looking at. It was, um, like, the levels for, like, each tier of, like, TP used to be, like, one, and then, like, one point, or the multiplier for each stat used to be, like, one, and then, like, 1.25, and then, like, maybe if you were lucky, like, 2.5 at, like, 300. And now it's, like, one three seven it's just it's it, it, it's so amazing and it's a really great boost for um certain jobs especially mages uh that wouldn't normally be able to do a super amount of damage like what's weapon skills period like a black mages since they're able to get tp now from their spells and they also have you know weapons they don't have to change every single nuke they just have TP lying around, and there was actually uh, somebody on, I think it was either Auction House or BG, that had posted a screenshot of their Black Page doing like a 6 or a 7k weapon skill on a yeah. headland mob. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it, I think it's a great change. It really, really shakes up the gameplay. Yeah. A lot. Incidentally... Like, to the point where I, th I don't think people know exactly the full potential of all of these changes yet. So, incidentally, I think that there might actually be some kind of glitch right now in um, the game. Uh, is it with No. Okay. Uh, so I'm just trying to collect TP and shit in South Gusterberg for stuff, and every single mob I've been killing dropped a chest. And I've like, what? It's, and yeah, in South Gusterberg, I've been killing like maybe, yeah, I've killed like 10 mobs, and every single one of them dropped a chest. Huh. Yeah. So. Is the chest super coup power active? Yeah, but it's never actually activated this much before. Interesting. So, yeah, just fun fact there. Um, I did hear that there is some glitch currently with Samurai, I don't remember what it was, and the Moonshade Earring with the TP bonus, and I don't remember what that glitch was either. Oh, Probably. I don't think it was a glitch, it was just because the Moonshade Earring is making like everybody like, hey, here's an extra thousand damage for your weapon skill, because the way the modifiers work now. Hmm. So and I have um, to redo that one. Yeah, but uh, no, there actually was, um, there is an error with um, Meditate and Regain and stuff, because instead of Regain plus one giving 10 TP, it's only giving one, hmm. and Meditate was just giving 60 instead of, you know, 600. Hmm. So, there's that. Oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, weapon skills totally shook up. Um, I, I've only gotten a chance to, to try this out with a, a couple of jobs so far. Email us and let us know your findings, because there's so much to, to test with all of this. There's, like, it's going to be, I think, a long time before we realize mm -hmm. what all the impact of this is. Also, if you just happen to get a really big number that you can't wait to share, take a screenshot of the number and tweet it at us, at Pet Food Beta. There you go. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's that. Uh, speaking of weapon skills, and I know we'll, we're ahead of the in-game segment, but I unlocked Dimidiation. Dimidiation. However, you say the the fencer. Say that joke because we are a family show. I'm going <laughs> to leave that to myself. Um, I'm not going to even speculate on what that had to do with. Um, There's a lot of. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Going for Udia world record. Yeah. Um, Hence why I didn't say it. You asked. The Rune Fencer uh, mythic equivalent, aka Aragon weapon skill, uh, I unlocked yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. One of the two. And it's pretty BA, if you know what I mean. It's the skill chain. If you just use it back to back, like Sub Sam, um, you do a light skill chain, which, if you've got Lux up, you can do some nasty ma- self skill chain magic bursting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it looks well, shiny. Cool. So that's that. Cool. Other stuff in this update. Uh, moving along. Runefencer and Paladin get a spell called Crusade for boosting enmity, sort of. And the actual statistics, which we got from the freshly picked Vanadil, is that it boosts enmity by 30. Yes, and I'm pretty sure it actually breaks the cap. Interesting. Yeah, because I was looking, and I haven't seen anybody saying that it doesn't, and they're calling it more useful than the Scholar one, which just adds an extra 10 MV to gear, so I'm assuming it, it stacks does. with that, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, that's why I'm not really sure, but if you happen to know through your own personal testing, email us at PetFoodBeta <laughs> at GamerEscape.com and let us know. We appreciate your input. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested as well for some to hear people's experiences on Paladin or Runefencer. I tried it with Runefencer, but and it was in a Wildskeeper Reef. So, you know. <laughs> Good luck holding it there. Yeah, well, previously I was able to, but that was when uh, runes actually generated enmity. Oh, yeah, they, but... Which they don't anymore. Which, yeah, that's actually the next one that we were going to talk about, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it's close. Um, it is now. Um, but I don't really think that that's that big of an issue, to be honest. Well, I mean, yeah, it was broken the way it was before. <laughs> well, then, I mean, like, in, you know, a normal party saying you don't need to spam it to get hate. And that just kind of reminded me of, um, do you remember the whole, uh, no, you probably, uh, you play, started playing after, but, uh, there was a time when Mazurka, like each of the Mazurkas generated like, um, more hate than God. Like it, they generated more enmity than like humanly possible. And since the, it, it, the enmity would increase per each target that you would, um, end up hitting. And so there would be bards that would sub ninja and they would end up tanking stuff <laughs> that's funny yeah and it just it was insane because they would have like another bar in the party or whatever and so they would have double marches and then they would have haste plus their um just spamming mazurka back and forth and it just it was hilarious because they wouldn't actually have to be engaged for it yeah that and also their spells couldn't be interrupted so it yeah it needed to be nerfed yeah well and uh, um it, as soon as i can figure out how to hold hate better again on rune fencer uh, i'll probably be okay with this because the thing that they did it, to replace that i mean not to replace it but so they they took away something from rune fencer but they gave it that spell plus they also made it so that the ward effects that you put up um after having runes up are no, no longer dispellable so which Rune is Fencer awesome. again becomes 
its strength is to withstand enfeebles and magic. Well, that and also you're able to keep your 100% fast cast up now without it being dispelled. Right. So. So you can you're a little more survivable now. Right. Um. The uh, speaking of enmity, they also added a spell for ninja. Uh, two spells actually. One to generate enmity, which is also plus 30, and one to suppress it, which um will decrease it by 15. Those spells are. Gekka Ichi and Yain Ichi, respectively. So I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with this. In 2000, I want to say it was 2008, when they started like talking about all the cool, awesome adjustments for uh, the jobs to make them more unique, like adding the Yonin and Inin stuff, or the Flit of Solace and Misery stuff, they had mentioned that they wanted to give Ninja an ability where it could just completely get rid of all of its hate for like 10 seconds, and then it would get all of it back again. They didn't put it in, but now we have this really crappy spell, which is going to make no difference whatsoever. Well, we'll get into this in the dev tracker. There's some other stuff coming for Ninja. Talk about a little bit. Yeah. We're getting really good at these segues and plugs. <laughs> oh. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Hear that? No. Okay. Hello. Um, uh, skirmish. Yes. Skirmish. Uh, there's been a few adjustments to skirmish. Yorshia Wield has a new boon, which is decreased defending time, which, <laughs> to the dismay of my party, I didn't realize had been added in the update. And as soon as I hit the button for like getting fragments, they were like, make sure you get the reduced defending time. Oh, never mind. I was like, oh. <laughs> so um, with Yorshia Wield, if you haven't done it or don't remember, um, that's a timed thing. So instead of defeating X number of mobs, you have to defend a tower for X amount of minutes. So these boons that you get from the little things that look like the Void Watch portals, um, there's different buffs you can get, or you know sometimes you get uh, fragments or or bald or whatever. Um, the new one that they added reduces the amount of time you actually have to do the skirmish, which is awesome. Which is nice. Yes. Also, we end up skipping over something. Um, TP rate for uh, or TP generation rate has been increased for one-handed jobs. Yes. So, yeah. Which is very awesome. Yes. Um, along the lines of skirmish, Rakaznar wings will drop more frequently, and the, the key item drop rate has been increased, which, thank Altana. <laughs> um, that was an atrocious drop rate. Have you ever gotten one? No, I've only done um, Rakaznar, like, maybe uh, two or three times. Okay. It, yeah, it, it, was just, it was really frustrating because, uh, you know, you open the chest at the end. And like nobody would get one ever. Yeah, nobody got anything. It's just like, well, waste my time. And like the thing is, is that like the upgrades really aren't even that big anyway. Yeah, well, the stuff. It, it, no, because it goes from like one seven. I uh, one. Uh, what is it? One fifteen gear, right? What? No, it's one thirteen to one nineteen. Yeah, one thirteen to one nineteen. But even that's only like maybe, like because the augments themselves don't increase, which the is augments my big problem. Themselves aren't that big of a difference. But like when you you get a whole set, you know the defense you get, which is like uh, pretty significant, I think. Well, you know? yeah, but like you, the thing is, is that because the augments don't transfer over, I've got a pair of perfect black mage pants. Like, perfect. They have the highest magic attack that you can get on them, and I don't remember if they have extra magic damage. I don't think they do. But I can never get rid of those because 
I would end up having to either get another pair of pants, try to upgrade those, and spend time to upgrade those upgraded which, ones from which the second you can pair. Do now. Which, I mean, they're which, rare, or they're they're no longer rare. So you have yeah, that I could. It just it's one of those things where it would be so much easier if they made it so you could just keep your augment, which they have the ability to. Because oh hey look, relic weapons while you're doing magic quests, they all have their augment sort of symbol on there yeah. as they keep leveling up. So the technology is there; they just don't implement it. So. That's my little micro rant. Um, Somebody has to make up for fusion. He's not here. He's here in spirit and yes, um, possessing me apparently. Instant messenger. Yeah. Is he still like messaging you? No, 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 no. It was just a quick. Okay. It was just a quick thing. Um, what were we? Oh, skirmish. And yeah. yeah. So speaking of skirmish, see how I did that. Um, mm. The statue combination now shows before entering a skirmish, which I guess is nice for the people involved. It's like. I, I don't know if this was an issue, but I could see it being an issue where, like, you get a shout group together, say everyone gets, like, a 555 combination, and, like, somebody doesn't, you know, yeah. which can be expensive. Um, so now, before you enter, you actually see the combination. Okay. Um, da, 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 merit Battlefields next, I guess. Yeah, uh, so yeah. not a whole lot to, to say. They reduced some of the merit costs for the higher tier battlefields. Um, a lot, of, and then so adjustments to inventory. Um, a lot of items are now stackable. I'm not going to list them because there's a lot of them, but for the most part, they're they're what used to be crafting items like sheep skins or whatever. I don't even know if that wasn't stackable before, but stuff like Sheep's, that. Yeah, skins weren't, ores weren't, like uh, beastman giblets, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of things are stackable. I think for the most part, just to 12, but even that is a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another storage slip introduced, or storage slip 19, or more scenario rewards, some of which include the Moogle goblin suit and etc. Did you get the, um, the Moogle and Goblin Companions? Is that like an ongoing event still or no? No. Uh, well, I think the, no, the Moogle and Goblin ones was not. That was for the New Year's event. Ah, okay. Hello, I'm Siri. I thought you'd like to know that the Moogle and Goblin NPCs were from the anniversary event, not the New Year's event. Um, and I did get those and well, not so much the goblin, but the Moogle is great because it's, um, it's geo refresh that stacks with like actual geo refresh. Oh, nice. And it also increases magic skill up rate. Welp, I'm angry now. And, I didn't yeah. Get it. And the Moogle cannot be damaged in any way, shape or form. I'm really angry about that. Now. Yeah. So if you get the Moogle and the Chocobo chick. Um, you've basically got plus 10 the regen. party of adorableness yeah as well as plus 10 regen and refresh mm. and if you've got the neck that you get from the seekers missions in wildskeeper reeves and other reeves you have a plus 10 regen and refresh on top of that so plus 20 of both all the time groovy oh so i just realized we forgot to talk about something um there are new daily quests there are. I thought I put that in the notes, but maybe not. I think that our stuff of skipping around kind of made it go away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Records of Eminence has new objectives, some of which include daily quests. Um, have you done any of these? No, I've looked at them longingly and then ended up getting distracted by something shiny in the corner, so no. Shaggy in the corner? Shiny. Oh. Um, shaggy in the corner is the, like, you know, sort of person they keep in the <laughs> to, to keep me entertained during the long hours of studying. Yeah. <laughs> that should be around like 62 yeah, yeah I got it um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so anyway, so the daily objectives that they have, uh, there's a vanquish multiple enemies, which I believe is just regular mobs, right? Yeah, they're they're not all that similar yeah. or dissimilar to the normal repeatable ones, except that these specific ones uh, you can only do once per day. And one thing that's nice, I noticed this is I activated one, didn't finish it, the day changed, and it didn't reset my progress. So you can the limitation is just on completing them. It's not like you have to start and finish them all in one day. Well, one of the things that I thought was kind of funny was um, the ones that are more or less the daily ones, they're all the mage ones. So it's like buff allies, cure people for 500. Yeah. So the ones that are, uh, I guess, would be... I mean, we could spam that really quickly to finish one. Oh, yeah. On Bard or something. Yeah. Um, or, you know, a mage that actually has a native curing job. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I guess you, that would work with the buffing thing. So, yeah. So one one other thing that we forgot to mention is the Wildkeeper Reeve augments. Oh, yes. So oh, those, those, those we talked augments. about on the last show, and we speculated as to what they could be, and now we actually have some actual information, such as fast cast plus three, regen plus three, occasionally attacks twice there it is yeah oh it's so great like magic accuracy plus like 30 or something ridiculous it's actually 45 magic accuracy at least on the atoyak dagger like it's just it's great because for somebody that doesn't do 119 stuff like a lot like i've done actually no i haven't really done all that much so you know max eye level weapon for me is usually just the, either the stuff from the wild keepers or the eminent stuff and it's really kind of awesome being on blue mage and being able to have two weapons that have occasionally attack twice and being able to dual wield them oh yeah absolutely yeah. no it's it's amazing so i was just looking at my i'm gonna botch the pronunciation of this uck uck's cap <laughs> Which is the one you get from Hurricane. Yeah. And oh, I didn't even think about augmenting that one. Yeah, <gasps> so Runefencer and Blue Mage can use it, and I have Fast Cast plus three on it, Haste plus two, Snapshot plus two, on top of, you know, its original stats, which include a Haste plus seven, so it's got Haste plus nine on it. It makes, you know... A fast cast headpiece for uh, for blue and, and rune, pretty nice. Snapshot, pretty nice for core, uh, which doesn't have a lot of native snapshot yeah. gear. I think it, like my I, my brain just sort of automatically decided to not look at haste because I'm already capped as it is. Like I'm, I think like the gear that I just have to use anyway. Like it puts me um, like the caps what like twenty five right with the new gear. I think technically yeah. twenty six or something. Well, no, they uh, changed something with like the new gear and the haste is calculated differently on newer gear versus older gear and uh, so it's actually 25 again so yay fixing stuff it's been broken for x amount of years but let's just say it's 26 for stuff yeah no i'm well over that so i never even think about adding haste to stuff because there isn't really that much gear that doesn't have haste nowadays so the other thing i augmented and this is probably isn't the most effective use of the augments but whatever i did it anyway because reasons the dagger that you get from the shark the atoyak i think that's how you say it um, yeah i have offhand for... Uh, oh, interesting. Did they change the jobs that can equip that now? Yeah, they added uh, two new jobs, actually. It's Red Mage, was... Thief, Bard, Ranger, Ninja, Corsair, and Dancer. Yeah, they added um, all the jobs that weren't Thief, Bard, and uh, Dancer. So, man, that's cool. So what I have on that now 
or augments are regen plus three and occasionally attacks twice. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Oh, wait. So I just, wait. So, oh my god, you could get regen plus three on a lot of pieces now that I think about it. Yeah. Like you could get on every piece if you really wanted to. So three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty. You could get a twenty-one tick regen on like just visible pieces. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like can you do like either um it's only the visible pieces you can augment, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. No, but a 21 tick region? Holy crap, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You're um, welcome, everybody. Yeah. We didn't think of that. <laughs> Pro tip right there. Yeah. I can finally get rid of my Aquamesh uh, headpiece or whatever that's called. I just use Aquanet. Aquanet. That's the hairspray. Yeah. It's I know what Aquanet is. No, no I, don't. I was explaining for like you know the teenagers that were listening because they might not Are know. there teenagers listening? I don't know. So, yeah, so augments for... Uh, Wildscaper Reeve rewards. Pretty awesome. Uh, the other thing, similarly, uh, delve notorious monsters in the field will now always drop beads. So if you just want to solo farm plasm, that's one way that you can go about it. So that, that poor Chipotle, Chipotle, whatever it's called. God damn it, now I want Chipotle. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that actually does sound pretty good. I'm it's you. We'll leave it at that. Um, or if you just want to make your delve experience easier than it already is with the weapon skill adjustments. We did, um, with my link show, we did the shark twice yesterday, and each time it, the runs were under 25 minutes. Oh, nice. you believe that? Uh, yes, because you just said it. I mean, 25 minutes to do all the enemies and delve plus the boss without beating anything. Dude, that's awesome. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they even let me go on Rune Fencer. They wouldn't that. normally? No. <laughs> no. They're um they're pretty hardcore. Uh, I wouldn't say elitist, but they're like a lot of them play a lot more than I do. If you looked at them in person, do you think that they would have showered in the past? Yes. Day? Okay. That's why I don't say that they're elitist. Okay. But they uh, are pretty hardcore. Gotcha. Um. So, but they keep me around because I guess they like me or put up with me. One of the that's, two. That's so strange because I barely, you know, put up with you. Well. Yeah. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about Dev Tracker Gems. No, I thought you were going to say, let's talk about me instead. Sigh. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> this is like a, the goofy, the goofisode. Yes. What was the title that like we had figured out before? <laughs> the title, uh, Do Synth Kids Harm Our Children? I'm still going with that. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good. Yeah. All right, so... So, some of this we already talked about. Um, I'll, I'll try and run through this quickly. Another freshly picked Vanadeal video was streamed, a.k.a. live letter video from the producer. <laughs> it's it's so hard to pronounce. Freshly picked Vanadeal is such a mouthful. It's kind of funny, like, just side note, when like, you can compare, like, the freshly picked Vanadeal with, like, the 14 live letter and stuff, and, you know, the 14 live letter is all, like, crisp, and there's, like, special effects and videos and stuff, and the 11 one is, like, filmed with, like, an Instamatic. Yeah, and they, I love that yeah. they hold up, like, they don't have graphics, they print them out and hold up the pieces of paper. Yeah, which I is, mean, like, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. No, I, I love it. I love, yeah, the, I mean, it's just, it has, it, the way that they do the freshly picked Vanadeal video, it has, it's, has the same charm as the game itself. Yeah, I think that's like because you can tell that they're like they're genuinely excited about it, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the background has like this faint print of like chocobos or something. Yeah, and like you know, like the art that they'll show is like, oh my god, that looks so cool. And then when it's in game, it's like that looks nothing like the drawing, but I'll take it anyway because it has like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some stuff on it. Yeah. Um. So 
in this, and of course, I don't speak Japanese. I imagine that you don't either. No. Um, so we, I, I watched parts of it, but I didn't. I wasn't able to understand it because it wasn't closed caption yet. Um, and those translations are always terrible on YouTube anyway. But our trusty behemoth Kamate in the forums um, translated the highlights for us. So some of those include adjusting the restriction on summoning alter egos mid battle to work similarly to scholar charges for um, stratagems. Does that make sense to you? If not, I can explain yes. it. Okay. Yes, it does. Yeah. So the reason right now where uh, the reason you cannot summon trust NPCs if you have hate on you is to avoid a situation where you just endlessly summon NPCs to fight mobs for you, and because there's no MP cost or really any casting time on them, um, that would be pretty broken if they let you do that. But to allow people to use, like, say you're out somewhere in Adeline, you get aggroed unexpectedly, it would be nice to be able to summon one if you haven't in a, you know, short amount of time. And so what they're considering doing is making it so, like, the cooldown isn't based on the spell, but it's like a, ch a charge similar to stratagems. Well, I think it's interesting because um, each... Uh, the recasts on the uh, things are all like four minutes now a piece I think yeah so I think it's fine but the thing is is that you're limited to three as it is whereas so I don't know how they would end up splitting the charges up because with scholar you get like five stratagems at 99 stuff if you were going by that model so would be like two, would they end up overall reducing the recast of stuff if it would be I all... would see them doing that yeah. I would see them just yeah. making the recast like 30 seconds or 10 seconds or, or whatever and then just making it so that you you have a global cooldown where you can have you can fire off three right away that and then the recast on each of those is four minutes or something yeah i guess pretty reasonable yeah i guess celestial knights this year which is named eyes on me i haven't read the lore segment on it yet um is there a giant amount of uh oh you haven't read the lore damn it i was gonna make a final fantasy 8 joke this is where we need fusion that's his jam the Celestial Knights event this year is called Eyes on Me. Oh, that's clever. I see what they did there. What Why? did they do? I don't get it. You don't get it? <laughs> oh, wait. No, I totally just got it now. You guys are like the most disappointing Final Fantasy fans. <laughs> well, no, because like I mean, well, I get the Eyes on Me is you know the Final Fantasy VIII song and all that. But I just it, yeah. No, but I just realized that that's the event where you have to stalk the boyfriend. Oh. And so you're spying on him. I just got that. Wow. That's so right. Took, you have yeah. to follow the NPC around. So it took Fusion's sultry voice to make my synaptic <laughs> connections sort of go together. Wow. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Yes. Um, okay. That, that's all. <laughs> wow. That's really, that was, that was, that, 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 that was the five alarm fire emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Lol. Yup. That's, that's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for your invaluable insight, Fusion. Uh, if, if that's what you want to call it, then you are welcome. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that I can share my wisdom to, uh, to the younger generation. All right, anyway, this very yeah. quick bullet point and a list of <laughs> other bullet points is this year for Celestial Knights, they're adding a new firework, but the content otherwise remains the same. Um, the double experience campaign starts on June 26th next week, so enjoy that. Um, it's always fun. And it, it also counts for Adventure Fellows, which for the four people that use them, uh, I'm sure you'll be excited about that. 
Uh, well, you know, now that they um, are making it so they can actually go to 99, like, I could actually see them being kind of useful. Yeah, and I know that your item level makes them even more useful than the trust NPCs. However, you can still only summon them, like, once a day, so... Yeah, well, to sort of branch into the one that's after the next one that we're going to talk about, I could sort of see the... Uh, Respective trusts and stuff, getting uh, the new red mage spells, or not trusts, excuse me, the new uh, adventure fellows. Adventure fellows, that's the word. Um, getting some of the new red mage debuffs and buffs. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that could be interesting. So, what Morocco is referring to? Morocco. Rope, Murope, Miroku. Miroku, Miroku. Miroku, whatever. Miroku. Yeah. Sirocco? Sriracha. Um, what Sriracha is referring to? Hot and spicy on the tongue with a little bit of sweet. Call me. Um, oh, Joe is referring to. I set your. Okay. 117. Man, you're just like oodying every 10 minutes. Yeah. Alternatively, you could just cut him out, but whatever. It's like good cop, bad cop, and I'm just the... Just like the naughty cop. Yes. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, I, like how, I like how you can say naughty cop, but I can't say... Well, <laughs> you can say it, and I'll just do it. Why are you... But it's... Well... What's so bad about... That's a whole other topic. The whole other topic. Uh, goodness. <laughs> worse than my Tari Tari joke. Oh, what's the Tari Tari joke? The Tari Tari joke is um, a butcher bets the Tari Tari uh, one million gil that he can reach, or he bets him one million gil um, if he can reach the beef on the top shelf and the Tari Tari looks at the butcher and then he declines the offer and, and says that the stakes are too high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay. I'm stealing that. <laughs> because that is terrible enough that people will kick me out of TeamSpeak for it. <laughs> That's actually a thing. I um, If we're doing something in like 11 or 14, we're under like a high stressful situation. For whatever reasons, puns just come to me. I say this every time, but this is, this is going to be the most he heavily edited episode. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's like sort of our kind of, or my mission at least to make it so the final episode of pet food beta will have no actual cohesive content and you'll just end up splicing like random words together here and there and it'll kind of become sort of like you know not real and Isn't then we'll just that already every episode of pet food beta kind of but like look at it like this you could get some sort of like algorithm going or some other sciencey mathy term that would totally accomplish this because I'm not educated in that field that would end up splicing together our vocal clips and making puns for us and becoming self-aware and then ending up taking over the world all the Terminator style all because of pet food beta. We will single-handedly destroy the world. You heard it here first. Right? What were we talking about uh, before we... I'm really glad I highlighted the notes as we go down. <laughs> um, before, before we summoned Fusion X. We were talking about fireworks, then double EXP campaign, and then now we're on to Alter Egos, the new ones. Oh, right. So Wings of the Goddess ones uh, in July. Noi Luri, um, Elvira, and Lou Makaraka, and Ferious Coffin. I, I, I thought it was Ferocious Coffin. Or is it not? That's not how you spell Ferocious. Have I, been, have I been dyslexic this entire time and thinking, oh, I've totally been calling it Ferocious Coffin. There's a oh. lot of things I've been calling things that aren't things. I know, like me friend or something. Um, no, but I've called it like Ferocious Coffin for like six years. Wow, my reading skills need to improve severely. Anyway, um, what these NPCs are, uh, for you young'uns that might not have done campaign in the heydays, these are four of the original wielders of the relic weapons that appear in campaign battles during the Wings of the Gods expansion. 
Hmm. So you've got Farius Coffin, who has Mie Mie, or Mjolnir, as the normal people call it. And he is a white mage Galka, and he kicks some serious booty. And he also has a spell called Ravenescence, which gets rid of weakness. Hmm. Which, yeah, which white mages have been wanting forever. And we don't know if they'll actually end up having that in, uh, you know, his trust iteration, but it would be really cool. Uh, Lou Maracaca, right? So, Lou, Lou Mac- Macaraca. Macarena, okay. Um, I believe that was the Mithra that had the multiple pets, right? I don't actually remember any of these NPCs except for Farius Coffin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lou Macaraca, Macarena, whatever, was the one that, that was the Beastmaster that had multiple pets, which would be really interesting because that would be the first... Um, yeah, because all I mean, like, or you've got a pet job at all, or pet NPC at all. Well, you have Aphmau right now, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, but you can summon the automaton separately. Right, hang on, I'm actually looking at the. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, no, she's the one that has uh, the three pets. Or, no, she has the two pets. It's the rock pets. So, Kyo and Pia, the ROC pets. Rock. That'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would be interesting if she could charm. Yeah. And then you've got Elvira, which is a. She had the Annihilator, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And I believe she was also a Red Mage. With an Annihilator? Uh, actually, in the very first version of the game, Red Mages had marksmanship skill. And they really? could use crossbows, yeah. Well, Same they, thing they still can use crossbows, I think. Nope, they can use regular bows, not crossbows. Oh. And uh, Paladins also, fun fact, had Axe and Great Axe skill back then. That's so weird to me now. Yeah, no, and that's why, because uh, Dia used to be Divine, which is why Red Mage has Divine skill. That I knew. Yeah, but this was all like pre-that adjustment and stuff. Noldir, that works, was the um, original wielder of the Amano Murakumo, is that how you say it? Amano Murakumo, yeah. And female also, which I didn't know until recently. But she casts Cure and was a tanking thing and stuff. So they're saying that's like a samurai paladin hybrid sort of dealio. Weird. Yeah. But really cool. Like, I'm stoked about these NPCs. I'll totally use them over the other ones. Because, yeah. I mean, everybody has their favorite sort of trust NPCs that they just sort of call on. Like, uh, those are four of my favorite NPCs of all time. So I'm totally That's okay cool. with it. Yeah. I, at first, I hated the Taru um, from Chains of Promathia, um, Charu Kiki, I think. Yeah. But now she's my go to NPC because once they added the emotes during battle. Oh, it's so funny. It's so hilarious. Like, yeah. That and also that I realized she casts haste. Yeah, no, she does, which um, is reason enough alone. Like I use, I usually default to like Millie and uh, usually Millie, Olmia, and um, depending on what I'm doing, either like Shantoto or uh, Tenzin. I usually use the Chocobo, uh, or well, yeah, the Chocobo, Sakura, and um, the Moogle and Charukiki. Those are like my go-to's. So the last thing worth mentioning from freshly picked Banner Deal is a July update preview, which includes. I think a lot of people forgot about this. The back on the ranch monster raising system. Do you even remember them announcing that originally? That was the one where they had said you can raise sheep and stuff in your thing and you could harvest wool, I think, right? Yep. Something like and that? the yeah. concept art, if you remember, showed like a adorable looking baby sheep. I don't remember the concept art. Oh, well. That was like two years ago. Jeez. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But they just showed a little screenshot um, where they had a baby sheep and a baby keycarn. Oh. <laughs> I want that baby Geeker. <laughs> I don't care how. I need to have it. 
like just around me. Yeah. Like I could actually that would be kind of cool if they made like the baby Keekern like a trust NPC or something. Yeah. They made it so it's a treasure hunter aura because you know that's not something that we need. That would be cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it looks like they are actually following through on that. I thought that it was just forgotten about forever, but that, like that should be interesting. The Coliseum. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be the next thing, right? Like yeah. they're they're following through on like Kate Sith, and then I think in the July update they've already mentioned Atomos or Atmos. Um, Did they? I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, that was in Where? the dev trackers. I need to pay more attention to stuff. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they okay. haven't said what what ability specifically. Oh, Atmos is just, have. oh, I'm betting he'll probably just summon up, absorb thirty from the mob, and give thirty to the party. Whatever it is, I'm interested. Yeah, I. <sighs> You know my thoughts on this. Just if you, if you're interested in hearing my thoughts about the summons and stuff, go listen to the episode when Kate Sode went. Wow, not Kate Sode when Kate Sith was released, and then you can just hear my disgruntledness with it. That works because that's a word. Yeah, you made it one. Okay, I said it. Hang on. Um. Anyway, the other also- news uh, of importance is new spells for Red Mage, including Haste Two, which we don't have any details on yet. But one can only assume it, it goes past the the already existing cap of magical haste. I don't that I don't think it will go past that cap because if that's the case, then it's just going to be red mages and bards, and it's going to eliminate the need for corsairs and geos. And so, what I think will probably end up happening is that haste two will cap magic haste or something, and then you'll end up getting geo, which would have something that would surpass the cap. Yes. And so speaking of speaking of uh, Geo and Indie versions of Haste will be added as well. Yeah. Um, the other Red Mage spells, uh, they didn't say specifics, but they suggested that there will be spells for both boosting and enfeebling physical and magical evasion. So uh, uh, you know, boosting it for yourself or allies, and then enfebling the mobs with it. It's got to be some mad evasion to be worthwhile. Well, magical that- evasion would be interesting. Yes and no, because if you have, if you're doing anything that requires like severe magic evasion, your white mage is going to have theoretically maxed out shell five, your tanks who, and hopefully your DDs will end up having enhanced shell uh, gear and stuff. And then since everything's elemental now, you should have a moderate amount of like bar spell stuff just sort of on your party it shouldn't be that big of an issue that I, and also I'm, all the other i'm less interested in the buffs as more as i am the enfeebles for those the, the enfeebles i can sort of see but the thing is is that the plus magic skill stuff like like physical evasion i i i deal with magic i don't know how hard it is to like hit something with a sword really except for like blue mage but theoretically how about your accuracy problems with a 119 weapon Right now, they're not that bad, but we, there's still another zone to go in Adelin, so... Yeah, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm just being pessimistic. I apologize. No need to apologize. No, I, I'm not, really. Okay. It's the least sincere thing I've ever said. Ever. That's not true. Um, <laughs> see, you can get good ones in there. Uh, rounding out the last of the Dev Tracker notes, and these are not from Freshly Picked Vanadeel. These are just things that Kamate has commented on. 
um, responding to player feedback. The dev team is looking into making Salvage 1.0 cells stackable. The reason they haven't already implemented it is because it, adjusting that event could have undesired, introduce undesired bugs. So, but they are looking into it. Because, you know, there haven't been any Salvage bugs before, ever. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about the source code, but I imagine since it's so old, it, it, they want to delicately dance around that stuff. Oh no, I was making an allusion to uh, the LM17 bands and oh. LM11, but the salvage bands? You do know about the salvage bands that happened, right? No, what happened? <gasps> oh my god, this is like... Okay, so in I think it was like 2011 or something, maybe 2009, I don't remember. Um, so there was this glitch in salvage where you could end up duplicating drops, including Alexandra and Arbor pieces. Oh, man. And so people exploit, like, lots of people exploited this, uh, specifically ones that were in higher-end link shells and stuff. And then they ended up getting um, permaban for it. And so there was this huge sort of, like, uproar and stuff because people had been reporting it for, you know, months and whatever, and Square did nothing about it, and then they finally ended up banning a ton of people for it, and yeah, just... It, That's too bad. Yeah, no, it, it, they lost, I think it was like, at least a thousand accounts or something, it was insane. And like, yeah. the sort of like, main red flag that kind of brought, like, people's uh, Square's attention to it was that somebody had finished the first Mythic in an unreasonably quick amount of time. Yeah. So... That's too bad, yeah. because that's on them, you know, like, that's a... Well, the fact that somebody's exploiting it use without the use of other hacking tools, or were they, or was that the thing? No, no. The thing is, is that in order for it to happen, you had to intentionally disband like your alliance or your party or something at an exact moment when like something hit the pool or whatever. I don't know the. But like, you could do that like on Xbox, for example, right? Like you could do on no, you could do it on any platform. But the thing is, is that what and like. People reported it for so long and they did nothing about it. And so there was like this argument that people were saying, oh, maybe that's how you do it actually, because, you know, all of the the, the drop rates back then were garbage. Like you yeah. maybe saw 135 every two months if you were lucky, if you did it like every day. The drop rates were absolute garbage. And so, yeah, people were desperate to get their shit yeah. when Square doesn't listen to the concern or didn't listen to the concern of their players reporting this stuff. It's it was just it was like this big huge PR nightmare and stuff and yeah. like bear in mind this was like right around the time also like this combined with the whole seventeen hour fight yeah the pandemonium the, the, the pandemonium warden bad publicity stuff plus like another like um, which you can hear about if you listen to the archives of Pet Food Alpha yes it's actually a really good episode it's a very good episode yeah. Um, and it, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's kind of a nightmare and shows uh, that companies really need to listen to their players. Uh, like, there was, um... Well, yeah, what? and so, just one one quick thought about that. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. that's on them. Like, that's, that's a bug that's in the game that people aren't hacking anything. Like, they're not using any third-party tools well, no. to exploit. And Final Fantasy games, this isn't the first Final Fantasy game that's had an exploit like that. It's just the first online one. You know, like, if you remember Final Fantasy IV, there was a, a bug where you could duplicate any weapon you wanted, anything well, no. in your inventory. But the thing is this, though, is that they already had a precedent for it, because I think um, a couple of years prior, too, there were um, there were a couple of glitches where you could end up um, 
if you traded Gil or whatever and then zoned in like Juno during like a certain day or something, um, the Gil would duplicate. Or you could buy an item from an NPC and then sell it back to that same NPC for an increased price. And so they had already banned people and fixed those glitches in the past. And so there was a precedent. And so they ended up having to, you know, pretty much just wipe tons of people out. But I'm really surprised you hadn't heard about that. Oh. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll link you the episode um, afterwards because uh, that's a really good episode too. Yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, and all of these episodes are available in the Petrodelva archives, right? Yeah, um, so it should be on the same feed at gamerscape.com. Cool. Um, pet, uh, just one, at one point, Pet Food Alpha turns into Pet Food Beta. Yeah. Rounding out the last of the dev tracker gems, they are looking into adjusting warp 2 so that it adds a confirmation message, which on one hand, okay, reasonably I see why you would want to add that. On the other hand, there's something fun about just detuning people you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I think that if they put like like a little setting adjustment in your uh, thing where it's like, oh, confirmation messages for spells. Yeah. And something that would be fine because, uh, I mean, just being like, if you need to get warp 2 out of some place really quick and let's say you're like, I don't know, uh, someplace and something's going to kill you. And so you have a red mage, it's a black mage because it's, you know, 2004 and they chain spell warp two people to get out of there. I could sort of see it working. Yeah. Like just not if you didn't have to deal with the confirmation message because that's just like another second to lag or whatever. I think, I think you don't need to add it. I think it's one of those things that like, it's charming to just sort of, oh, I'm at home now. Okay. Yeah. I think it's one of those Final Fantasy 11 things to D2 mm-hmm. people and yeah. when when it gets abused you can get reported for it because it's grieving you know but generally if you're doing it to people they're your friends and then they just I remember we actually uh, because I have a story for everything apparently uh, I played a game of Warp 2 Counter-Strike in Bastok <laughs> Mar- in Bastok Mines once waiting for Dynamis oh my god it was so fun because you just have you know people running around on their naked like level 41 black mages trying to like line of sight people trying to warp to others it's just oh it was great yeah so ninja adjustments this is what I was alluding to earlier I haven't given specifics but Along the lines of the spells that they just got, uh, Ninja will be getting new katanas, I think in the next update, from Wildskeeper Reeves, so that should be interesting. They will also be getting new high-level throwing weapons. Sanj will be adjusted, no details on how, and the overall plan for Ninja is to further increase the effects of Yonin and Inin to essentially make Ninja have two operating modes distinctly as a tank or DD job. Cool. We'll see how it shakes out. Something that's kind of interesting, though, do you remember the artwork from the sort of light-looking weapons and stuff from a couple of uh, things ago? Uh, The freshly painted Vanda deal? Light weapons? Yeah, like there was like a shield that had like a sun on it and a sword, and then there was also a katana. Oh. I'll have to look for it. But uh, a katana was one of them, and so what I'm wondering is if they're adding a new wild keeper reeve because we already know we already know hades is coming you mean mean hades hades yes 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 um we already know that's coming and that's presumably going to be dark based but there may be more to the story we don't know about right oh and it would make sense if there's eight elements yeah to just have one missing yeah be weird actually it'd be kind of cool if you had like a light katana and a dark katana one has like refresh and the other has like regain or something i don't know i mean i'm inter- i'm interested I, i'm waiting uh very unpatiently for the conclusion <laughs> of the seekers because the storyline is so good so far 
the last things from the dev tracker are that dancer step adjustments are still being worked out, so just kind of a, a status update on that. The dev team will not be adjusting the lamps in Nizel for single player entry, and their rationale uh, was that they felt while the player has the option now to enter solo, they understand the risk of not being in, bringing other people along. However, along with those, um, along with that statement, they said that they will be adjusting the mythic weapon uh, weapon skill unlock quest so that they work with the minimum weapon skill point amount, regardless of your progression in Nizel. That's I'm okay with that, but it just I feel really bad for the guy that um, when the weapons first came out, he spent like three days or so grinding skill points. Yeah, just to unlock it. I mean, because it just it, it that was funny because nobody had like nice little glint, uh, clears then, and I think he was like a paladin doing it solo. It was funny. Yeah, and that's that's how the game goes though, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the price you get for being one of the early adopters. Mm. That is that does it for dev, dev tracker. So that takes us into meta discussion. So, rather than sort of talking exclusively about Final Fantasy XI on here, we tend to sort of deviate onto some stuff like Final Fantasy XIV or other past experiences, and we would like to sort of talk about MMOs as a general concept from time to time. And there was an article that uh, a man named uh, Mark Kern, who was one of the original developers on WoW, uh, posted on MMORPG.com that I thought was... um, really kind of remarkably interesting. You can and, find that in the show notes, the link yeah, to it. Yeah, and uh, pretty much he says that he blames himself um, from time to time and uh, the other WoW devs for essentially killing the MMO as a genre by making it too easy. What do you think? Um, I read the article. It was a good article. Uh, yeah. I, just, I think we need to explain a couple of his points in it before we get into our thoughts on it. Yes. So I think the, the, I, what, what I gathered from it was what he was saying is as they added more content and they tried to expand their player base, they basically had to make the game easier and more accessible. So the user interface got refined and refined, that it was the most accessible. No problems with that. But then they started adding the quest flags and sort of like holding your hand along the way so that it became less about total immersion and exploration and more about like a very linear experience. Is that more or less the the summary of of some of his points? Yeah, I would say so. Because um, he cites um, sort of the models of like EverQuest and Ultima Online, which were two of the sort of pioneer hardcore MMOs that kind of set up the stigma of, oh, uh, an MMO would take way too much effort or time to put in, whatever. And these devs tried to sort of alleviate that sort of perception from the general public by making, you know, arguably one of the most successful games of all time. And it's really rather interesting when you look at it because 11, from what people have told me, I haven't played EverQuest um, myself at least not in a really, really long time, but Final Fantasy XI was modeled after the EverQuest model, um, initially where it's a very, very long sort of grind to get to your max level, and then once you get to your max level, lots of side grades and lots of varied content, whereas with WoW and more modern MMOs today, it's very linear, and then once you get to the max level, stuff just keeps going up, 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 and up, so there's, quote, always something to do, even though it ends up sort of outdating itself over time. When I read this article, I thought immediately of Final Fantasy XIV. Yep. 
Um, and I've only dabbled in WoW. I've only played it for like literally probably only 20 hours total in my entire life. I have two 90s on WoW, I think. Something like that. Okay, so you've, yeah, I, you've I, dabbled I, in it. I've dabbled. Like, the thing is, is that having two characters at cap level in WoW, it's, it took me maybe the same amount of time it would have taken me to get one job to, like... 50 initially in 11. Okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So um, like just speed-wise to give like a comparison. And similarly, in 14, it took me, I want to say it took me a month and a half to get my first level 50 job. And that was while starting completely from scratch with a Realm Reborn and playing and enjoying and taking my time with the main scenario quests, you know, right. and all of that. And when I read this article, I thought, you know, I don't think the MMO genre is dead. I think it has evolved because, you know, something else to consider taking a step back. Back. Like MMOs for a while were kind of like the new frontier of video games, right? Mm. Um, now we're in this time where casual games are kind of the new thing or right. the newer thing. I mean, like in late two thousands, it was like all the farm villain stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and which I, was I, like would, I would argue that's even more hard. Yeah. I would even argue that's more hardcore than Angry Birds. Oh yeah, definitely. Or Candy Crush. So I think that there's enough room now for the fast food version of an MMO. And I, I don't really want to shoebox 14 into calling it like that because I, I think that the game is great and there are a lot of great things about it. But it is a night and day different different experience between that and eleven. Well, even I think, still. well, I think that there's a, a sort of like a certain line between um, accessible and then simple. Yeah, and I mean, uh, wow, wow is just simple. No, wow is basic, like it, in the sort of most visceral sense of the term. In that you have a game where every single number is just given to you, whereas with eleven, people have had to do like ridiculous amounts of math i mean go read any of the forum threads on how to calculate the new weapon skill damage and you'll be blown away by the formulas players have figured out for themselves yeah by sort of reverse engineering numbers i mean like the fact that like we were even able to discover like what haste caps at or what like enmity actually does for each ability it's kind of mind-blowing and i think that when games give you every single stat in front of you, it's just, it kind of, and this might just be because I might be a masochist or something, I don't know. I like having the mystery in the game. No, I 100% agree with you. I yeah. think that's the number one thing that's lacking in Final Fantasy fourteen is that the sense of immersion just doesn't feel there. Like, um, to me, I feel like when I'm playing fourteen, I'm almost experiencing a Final Fantasy themed arc. With rides in it. <laughs> to clarify, though, we no mean are trying to bash fourteen at all. No. Yeah. Just like it just happens to be the most sort of relevant example at this time. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. And I could qualify, you know, the the things I'm being critical of with a lot of things that are fantastic about fourteen, like of course, exactly the storyline, the characters, the graphics, the oh the, my god, the look Every, and feel, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful game, and it, and it, it is fun to play. But I think what I we're what I'm getting at is the main difference between the two games for me the splitting off point and that the reason i end up having more fun playing 11 is because 11 to me feels like a much more immersive experience which is funny because the graph graphically it's 
it's very less realistic looking, <laughs> you know, mm. blocky old graphics and all that. But with 11, there's that legit sense of exploration and adventure in it because there's the game is so big and there's some stuff that like you just have a feeling that like not not everyone knows about some stuff in it because there are quests that sometimes don't show up in your quest log. There's um, question marks that you can target onto that sometimes aren't it, well it historically were never visible normally right um which is changing and there you don't every npc that you've interacted with doesn't have a quest flag over their head you know what i mean well i think like i'm walking through gustaberg right now right and so i as a taru like to run around in first person just because you get a really nice sort of big beautiful landscape picture oh i'm gonna burp i'm good okay let me start over. So I'm walking in Gustaberg right now, and me as Ataru, I like to walk around first person because just it A, makes me feel like I run faster, so I can sort of pretend I'm a race car, and B, you get this beautiful sort of landscape-esque vista. And I think just like the sort of size and the massive amount of space in said zones, like it's just, it's kind of remarkable when you compare it to other uh, games, 14 or even WoW for that matter. I mean, a lot of games, um, they don't have zone lines, like 14 does, and 14 is kind of like a nice sort of hybrid between WoW and 11 when you think about it. Yeah. Expansive zones, but they have the zone lines, whereas you would have, um, and I think it's just because 11 was such a pioneering game that so many MMOs that learned from 11's mistakes and I guess its successes also, to be fair, that it never really gets the credit it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how that related to Secret Vistas and stuff. But anyway, um, so like in 11, like there are the um, flowers in Constant Highlands that just sort of float randomly. Yeah. They've been there since 2003. Most people don't know about it, but it's kind of cool. And there's oh, yeah. like. Yeah, there's tons of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of stuff like that in 11. Yeah. Um, in in Levine, uh Plateau, if you go through Ordeal's Caves and uh, go like all the way to the bottom of those valleys Mm -hmm. you'll find some like floating flowers as well yeah like all sorts of like little things like that like the like the beastmaster quest to unlock it with the glowing (laughs) flowers i think another thing too like to sort of go on with like the immersion and stuff is just like the sheer number of straight up cutscenes that 11 had versus other mmos because uh, a lot of the ones nowadays rather than having the cutscenes you get the text log has the story in it like the rewards at the bottom and like whatever money you might get or experience from said quest i don't like that yeah i don't like that box either i like having the big text box at the bottom of the screen and just sort of getting into like uh, yeah it's like a little bit of a sort of simplistic cutscene with like no voice acting or whatever but it you just sort of feel more immersive in it because you yeah I think I think that you can. It's a fine line that you can walk. For me personally, um, and I understand with fourteen, they're trying to undo the disaster that one was. I uh, have mixed feelings about that because I didn't think one point two three was that bad. But well, I just mean like financially, right? Yeah. And so they're trying to appeal like to the biggest audience possible, and I, I understand that. Um, but my ideal online Final Fantasy game would be something that looked visually like fourteen, but retained a lot of the mystery that 11 I feel like has yeah I and, think that's that's the word that we were looking for mystery yeah and some of the, I think it's thunderstorming outside oh it's 73 and perfect here 
Uh, just to finish my point real quick. Um, yeah, go for it. I think that you can do, you know, the rewards you know you're going to get and, and all of that stuff. It makes sense in things like guilds, you know, for leveling Disciples of the Hand or in 11 crafts. Um, and it makes sense, like, if you have a side quest where you are literally, the NPC is literally acting as your client and they are going to pay you up front for something something they're asking you to do. I think that's cool, but I think there needs to be a lot more, in 14, there needs to be a lot more of, like, off-the-radar, unlogged-type quests. You know what I mean? I don't think there are any. No, not that. Well, sort of with uh, the new uh, relic weapon quests and stuff, but that's for a different podcast. Yeah. But I think one of the things also is that since 11, like, it's so text-based when you think about it. Like, there's so much stuff that was based on text. Like, the game itself had to have visual little secrets to sort of keep you interested. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, the animations for stuff, not really the most exciting. But... like, So so here's a lore question for you. Sorry to cut you off. Um, Okay. This is... I don't think I brought this up on the show. I recently-ish, embarrassingly, got to rank 10 Winterst. Okay. Um, you had ranked 10 in a different nation, though, yes, no. before it. I was, like, ranked nine and a half for years. Okay. And for no I, will, I will answer your lower question because it is Windurst, and I love Summoner, so go for okay. it. So when you're in this cutscene with Star Sybil, something runs in and tries to attack her, and I understand that that's supposed to be, like, the spirit of... Spoiler alert, by the way, just in spoiler case. Spoiler alert if you haven't yeah. gotten to rank 10 Windurst. But- yeah, you can solo it now, so go do it because it's arguably the best storyline out of the nation states. But uh, yeah, anyway, go ahead. And I, I understand that that person is supposed to be the spirit of the Taru Summoner NPCA that Kahura I can't remember Bahura. the name. Kahura Bahura. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But that monster, I can't recall appearing anywhere else in the game. That's not a mob, right? Uh, a monster. You know what it looks like? I'm trying to remember what it looks like. It, uh... It's like green, but it's short, like a taru. It sort of looks like um, like a soul flare. I don't remember what the mob looks like, but yes, that is Kahurbahura. So you finished Wings of the Goddess, though, yeah? For Windurst, yeah. The quest line, you finished that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Only so, for Windurst, though. Yeah, that's fine. That's all that really matters with the storyline. Um, so what ends up happening is, and this is where it gets a little bit wonky. Um, so as you know, in our timeline that we know, Kahura Bahura is sort of omnomnomed by Fenner after he does the summon and stuff. And so what I'm able to gather, and if other people have better lore knowledge than me, go ahead and sort of... Uh, say stuff or whatever um when rank 10 came out this was with xylar so if you did um say the quest to get up to fenner and or go and collect all the avatars and the whispers that they have all of that whisper energy ends up going to the full moon fountain and so what i can gather is that this thing that you see in the final cutscene it's kahura bahura trying to not necessarily summon himself but kind of manifest himself. Yeah, that's the best way I can sort of put it. Because he is, te- you know, he gave up his life, his blood packed essentially. So he gave up all of his MP and was absorbed into Fenner, who lives inside the Full Moon Fountain. They even name drop Fenner, I think, in the final cutscene or something, because yeah. you couldn't get him until um, after that. I came think out. way after that came out, and so. 
he sort of is like the weird sort of gnarled creature there and I don't remember if in um no by the end of uh, Wings of the Goddess you don't see Kahura Bahura again but um yeah that's what I can gather he just tries to sort of summon or manifest himself a bit because um he's partly there and then he's also partly in that Cardian oh interesting yeah, yeah. and so it's he's sort of like split between the two if I'm right I could be wrong I need to I need to watch it again now because I'm trying to remember what that weird creature is that's the one thing that I'm not really too well that's that's the thing I'm I'm really curious about like but anyway so yeah uh, I think just kind of closing this segment up, um, I don't think that WoW killed the MMO genre. Um, I think it has homogenized it to a point. Mm. But I think that there is room for somebody to make a splash by capitalizing on some of the mystique that is around more of like the EverQuests or the, the Final Fantasy Eleven type playstyle. But also, you know, not disregard some of the positive things about a nicely designed user experience you know mm. i just think that at the end of the day unfortunately it's about making money probably um, yeah so okay so i actually found um stuff sorry for interrupting about no. the lore okay lore stuff okay so the cardi and the joker um because i went and double checked um mad spoilers um but so the Cardian joker is he has amnesia sort of and he i believe he oh yeah hand did I read this wrong? I think I did. Yeah. So the Cardian, the Joker, was Herb Hurra's Cardian that's living in his house, kind of like a creepy dude. And so if the master dies, so do the magical dolls, including Cardians. But if a doll is reactivated, so is the master. So since the Joker was reactivated in the house of a dead guy, that's what brought back Fenner. Or not Fenner, but the weird sort of... Um, yeah, who is officially known as the bearer of darkness, if you want to look into it. Interesting. Yeah, and so, quote uh, to this, um, according to... Uh, the bearer of darkness is a fusion of Fenner and Kahura Bahura caused by the failed summoning during from the Crystal War, you, which you learn about um, through Wings of the Goddess that Rockbell Ockbell um, was. That's why oh, he was man, wrapped. the character's that, so good. Right, which is why he was wrapped up in those bandages. So you wouldn't have to look at the sort of weird deformed thing. Uh, yeah. So that's probably what he looked Cause like. You, yeah, because you never see his face. Right. He's always got the, the bandages on him. Yeah. And so to quote uh, Leko Haboka, who's right here, it's, uh, that was the great beast Fenner, along with the warlock warlord and Kahara Bahura, or what remains of them. Their spirits consumed whole. Together they formed a mindless juggernaut that knows not, not where or why it rages. So yes, the bearer of darkness is... I was kind of right with both Kahurabahura and Fenner hybrid. Damn. But you only actually see him in the um, mission, Moon Raiding and Doll of the Dead and Vane. Right. And apparently in Magicite also, which is weird. I don't remember that. Neither do I. Okay. But yeah, cool. so there you go. Well, did you hear that? The thunder? Yeah. yeah. Are you close to a window? Uh, oh. what? You should probably move so you don't get electrocuted. I've unplugged my laptop. That's fair. So. Okay. Uh, okay, so that was meta discussion. Yeah, so um, if you guys have your own thoughts about whether or not certain games, quote, killed uh, the MMO genre, or it's just as... Or where can it go? Yeah, where can it go? What's the next big MMO, like, sort of format, do you guys think? Will it be text-based, kind of like Eleven and EverQuest? Will it be box-bashing-based, like, 14 and WoW? Let us know um, at our Twitter account, at Pet Food Beta, or at Gamer Escape. 
or even at our personal t- uh, Twitters, if you so choose, which you can probably find through a little bit of digging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not the same kind of digging that my dog likes to do on the carpet. Which she hasn't done today because she's such a good bobber. She? Yeah. Sitting right? right next to me. I think right now she's a little scared of the weather, but. No. Uh, Does she have a thunder shirt? No. Okay. She has a moo moo, though. Please tell me it's a cow pattern because it's it a is. Yeah. It's reflective. There's it's functional. It's uh, walking at night. Cool. In game. In game. Um, anecdotes. Go. Anecdotes. That's uh, I, same stuff as always. Grinding stuff out. <laughs> um, I do. I, I'm a very simple man. I do nothing exciting. <laughs> Uh, I um well I unlocked the the rune fencer weapon skill yeah uh, I've been working on getting my HP bald and I'm doing the uh, my coalition rank ups which um I think three of them legendary status now because I've finished a lot of random quests in my log that's what I've been into lately it's like looking at my quest log and what not just Adeline but everywhere no I actually did that a couple of months ago um when I was working on my Sandorian missions um and I just I I still like I'm looking at the current quest, right? And so I have two pages of stuff that I have no idea what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So like I think I kinda wanna do that this summer once I get a little bit more on break, or just like, all right, take like two days, go through and just enjoy some random quests. So. Yeah. And they're a lot easier to do now with all of the warps and stuff, which makes well, it a lot more enjoyable. What I actually did when I started playing um you know more frequently again is I kind of set myself kind of have you ever played like a Pokemon Nuzlocke mode at all? What, what, what? A Nuzlocke? where you sort of set certain parameters for yourself where um, you it's a self-implemented hard mode kind of. Oh, no, but this is sort of like the Final Fantasy V thing I'm going to talk about later. Okay, cool. So this is actually really relevant. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I changed my nation to Sandoria, and so I moved all of my gill and most of my sort of reusable items over onto my mules. And so I started playing um, like Paladin or like other jobs I didn't have leveled up, which are few and far between, mind you, um, up from scratch just trying to like buy only NPC gear and stuff and it was really really fun <laughs> and um, so I started going through and doing all of these extra quests uh, and uh, it just if you have like anything that's sort of under leveled give it a shot and like try to avoid like parties or abyssia or anything it's just it's so much fun it's a little bit lonely because you know you're in the dunes by yourself a little bit but it's just it's so so fun yeah yeah especially with like Beastmaster oh and don't use trust NPCs. That's the main one right there. That's just easy mode. Beastmaster is a very fun job to solo level. Yeah. Um, so is Blue Mage. Oh, Blue Mage was so good. So good. It's That was probably my favorite job that I've ever uh, played, I think. It's still one of my favorite jobs. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, just, like, the leveling experience alone, because I loved going out to get all of the spells and stuff. Yeah, it, it almost yeah. reminds me a little bit of, like, Final Fantasy IV, where um, and there wasn't a Blue Mage in four, but instead of buying spells... You just learn them as you level up. I didn't like that. I, I like going to the stores and buying them and stuff because then you have to, you know, you get the excitedness of like, oh, yay, I get to go do this. Oh, shoot, I have to leave my party to go get Flash or something. And yeah. yeah. But uh, yes, so you're going, to, oh, we have emails. We I do believe. have emails. Yes. Uh, we have email. one email. I love this email. Uh, so it's Fitzwilliam again. Again, 
he wrote, he wrote that wrote that again again yeah uh, side note actually so my friend has an Irish wolfhound this is relevant and so pretty much his firstborn puppy is already promised to um, her mom and stuff and so his name is Finn F-I-O-N-N after Finn the Giant because he's you know massive and so firstborn puppy is going to be Finnegan because you know Finnegan is Finnegan and so since I already have dibs on like the son of since I already have dibs on the son of Finnegan it's going to be named Finnegan again again or Finnegan again yeah it's just gonna keep going on and on until just like into exponents so yeah yes there will probably be a picture of the puppy at some point somewhere in stuff moving on uh fitzwilliam writes at first i have to say how awesome your show is thank you you are funny well that's arguable uh your voices are wonderful and it is edited so well thank you very much mm-hmm. um i love how you play music in the background and it is perfectly mixed but the best and funniest so far was your dog <laughs> um I heard this episode five times or so, and... Oh my god, I can't put up with myself that much. And still have to laugh when she's digging in the background, and Moroku laughs with his great laughter. Yes. <laughs> um, next thing I want to mention is the stop support of German and French translations in the game. Oh, that was right. That took effect this month. Or yes. next month, yeah. You actually have to click, like, an extra I agree, you know, after the version update. Yeah. Um, for me, it is okay. I started the game in English and even learned much while playing with other people and writing English with them. But what bothers me is I knew a lot of players will stop playing the game, and this means I have less partners and friends in my time zone. I even wonder that people in Germany can't speak English good enough or playing the game. I always thought everyone here speaks English pretty well. I th- think that makes sense. Yes, yeah. it made sense to me. I'm a returning player too, started back in 05, had to stop in 06, so I didn't progress very far in the game back then. Maybe it sounds weird, but one of the best memories are the Dunes parties. Yup. Um, I always wanted to recreate one of those without Fields of Valor or Records of Eminence. Now I'm back two years and have just two jobs at 99 Paladin and Thief because the lack of time and had to stop with my level 60 ninja because of my second baby. Congratulations on your second baby. Yay! Don't have a baby in the drawer. <laughs> right. But I want to do all the storyline stuff and want to participate in endgame, aquals, etc. when I come back again. So my questions to you are, Vivi, did you start playing the game when Abyssia, or you started playing the game when Abyssia came out, correct? Do you have all of the storylines and main quests done? Or Clearly he doesn't, as of that last conversation we had. Well, <laughs> did you... He as in Vivi, not... Right. Did you? Yeah. Well, so I'll, so I'll answer that. So I do now, as of recently, you know. Yes. I finished Wings of the Goddess this year, I think, and I am up to the current uh, end of Seekers of Adeline missions and finished all of the expansions. Uh, the, the two things I haven't finished yet are the Moogle add-on and Shantoto add-on. Uh, but other than that, main scenario... Windurst, uh, and then all of the main expansions and Abyssia I have fleet. And then he goes on to ask, did you just level some jobs or did you focus on a certain goal like Abyssia, for example? So what I, I had a very unique experience, one starting the time of Abyssia, uh, but also I just, as luck would have it, there were four or five other people, mostly Tarus, that also, for whatever reason, started playing the game at the exact same time that I did in Windurst. And we had a very small link shell of like six people. 
that were all new to the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, like three and a half years ago, which is not a time where a lot of new people were joining. Um, and so what happened is we had, one was a white mage. I was initially a black mage and then couldn't afford the spell, so I changed to Thief as my main. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that story is so true, because that totally happened to me. <laughs> um, and then we had um, my friend uh, Squeaky was a red mage, mostly, but pretty much leveled everything, but mostly red mage. And maybe like the four or five of us together um, leveled up together and adventured together and completed our main storyline missions together up until rank six. Uh, and without ever setting foot in Abyssia or anything, even though it had already been out by then. Now, were you guys conscious of Abyssia's existence? All we knew about Abyssia was that it was a place where people, high-level people, would go, and it looked scary, and we stayed away from it. <laughs> okay. we, we knew nothing about the XP parties there or anything like that. Okay, now here's another question. Did Were your other people playing on consoles? Or were they all PC? I know one of them was PC. I think one of them might have been Xbox. Okay. Because I was wondering if that's just because of them not, like, hounding a forum or something. And not knowing stuff. Because that would kind of, that like, you experience something that, like, I don't think anybody's really experienced in a really long time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we, I think we knew, we, no, we, I don't think we knew about the forums. Um, we knew about the wikis. Okay. And that's where we, we went for guides for, for the mission and stuff but um i don't think there was just so much to take in we didn't know what like the trends were you know what i mean gotcha yeah and so that's kind of my experience up until rank six was i guess doing it old school you know forming groups with players of similar levels and like going through the missions at the levels they're intended for yeah uh, so you did like Shadow Lord at like sixty? Yeah. The, uh, oh my! Oh, I am so jealous. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, and I kind of want to level up one of my mules and just sort of be incognito for a while. We. I remember once we both got uh, myself and my friend Squeaky both got to rank six. I knew about this thing called uh, Dynamis. Yeah. Sadly, it was already after they had changed it. Aww. So I never got to experience the original Dynamis. I knew that we both met the requirements to go in. I was like, what are you doing right now? She's like, nothing. I'm like, come come check this thing out in uh, Winter's uh, Walls. Uh, okay, what is it? Surprise. <laughs> and I'd never been in it. And we go in and we're just like, whoa. <laughs> like level 65 or something. Oh, wow. And we, of course, promptly exited. But just seeing it was like, whoa. Wait, so you did that? That's, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that, and I think we both got our, uh, the other people we started playing with stopped playing um, by, by that point, but, um, you know, we made new friends along the way. We, or we broke up our link shell, but joined other social shells, met other people. That's where we started learning about, like, Abyssia, X, XP, and stuff like that, but um, I did not uh, get to uh, level 75 um, in Abyssia at all the first time around. So my thief, I got just leveling old school way, maybe with a little bit of like Fields of Valor here and there. But where like, did you ding seventy five? Where did I ding seventy five? Yeah, like was it an Otter Gone area or? It may have been Otter Gone because I would do bes 
besieged a lot. That was one way that I would XP. Okay. Um, yeah, could or it could have been um, Promathia area too, because I was doing those not at level cap. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, so when I first dinged seventy five, I'd never set foot in Abyssia. But then beyond that, which I think was when they raised the level cap anyway, was when they introduced Abyssia. That's when I started XPing there. Yeah. And there's only I think I can safely say that there's only like maybe four jobs that I keyed to level, you know? Yeah. Um I really enjoyed the taking it slow and, you know, kind of XPing the older way and just kind of enjoying that experience, like learning the job as you level up, like getting old school parties together and like when they introduced grounds of Valor that helped because there was there's usually you could find like four other people who want wanted to do the same thing. Like yeah. travel to different zones, go to the jungle, go to um, oh yeah, no. Like if I level anything up, I generally will default to Grands of Valor. Like uh, the thing is, is that when it was first introduced, like people did it in an alliance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that, I did not was like it? that. Yeah, no, that was so stupid. So yeah. Then his next question was that. That was a good answer. Well, thank you. Yes. That had like a massive nostalgia bomb, and it's getting me even more excited for our upcoming nostalgia show once that happens. Yeah. And those are fleshed out. Uh, so the next thing he, he goes on to ask is that uh, Filigree recommended this was the, the time where you were too embarrassed to come on and Filigree was on I was I'm just kind kidding. of face down in my pillow I'm just kidding I'm just kidding stuff um, Filigree recommended for returning players to choose White Mage Bard or Corsair as a job to get end game gear I'm interested in those but don't you need experience in those jobs and be very and have very good gear to be able to participate in those events and aren't people yelling at you if you're a noobish white mage and what sub sub jobs would you recommend for these three main jobs i got this i kind of agree with filigree um white mage bard and corsair are generally always needed but if you're looking for um something that's just sort of really accessible i would say go for probably white mage is the most accessible out of all of those and then bard is sort of like the nice middle ground between the two mm-hmm. um because that's corsair specifically costs a lot of money with bullets and guns and cards less so once you start leveling up and you are right in that uh you do need to have a fair amount of experience on set jobs to go and get the gear but that's true for any job uh necessarily as white mage as long as you keep people's hp up and you manage your mp pretty simple yeah i would agree with that but uh for white mage what you're gonna kind of want to focus on is you want to make sure your your skill is up you gotta make sure your skill is up yes and no healing magic skill specifically because um thanks to a trait that uh white mages get that actually directly uh correlates with um um negative or an enmity down bonus that you receive so healing magic skill is actually quite important and uh it's actually really good for your um cures obviously but the main thing the white mage that you want to focus on um you want to get scholar sub job because uh, light arts is just extraordinarily useful some people try to say red mage sub job is more useful because you get convert i personally disagree because uh for me at least between light arts sublimation and um conserve mp traits that you get on scholar plus a couple other nifty spells i find that's a little bit more useful utility wise Secondly, you want I think, to make sure- I think it's harder to master sub scholar than it is red mage. It, I would say definitely, but the thing is, is that white mage as it is right now, it's a very simple job in that you know it's 
keep you able to people and keep, keep detrimental keep, debuffs off of them and haste them and, and it's those them. three things more or less but the thing is is that while red mage just sort of lets you do those things for a longer period of time scholar lets you do them yes more efficiently and yes for a longer period of time but you also get utility from like say helix spells or you yeah. also get um stratagems which let you aoe some of your buffs uh, specifically which is one of the things that i like um for regens it's amazing for regens on white mage because we you don't really get super strong ones at end. A lot of times you won't have the Scholar and the White Mage in the same party. Anyway, for White Mage, keep haste up, keep HP up, and try to remove Paralyze and Silence as fast as possible. Yeah, um, and as far as like people yelling at you for being noobish, that's going to happen no matter what. Um, you know, That's going to happen even when you go with friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially with friends. If real yeah. friends will tell you when you mess up, that's when you know that you're in a good group. Yeah, and I think my advice on that is is unless people are just being outright mean, then there's no reason to like be upset about people telling you how to play your job better. Like, see it, try to see it as criticism that you like constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. But if they're being like really douchey well, about it, then tell um, them to go and sit on your hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. But at, at the same time, I think people are, uh, it's going to be harder to get into groups if you say, like, hey, I'm sort of new with this job. Um, but at the same time, people, I think, will be a little more forgiving if they understand that. My, my best tip for that is, like, if you've got a buddy who's, like, an amazing samurai or whatever, at any jo- insert any job, they're, a, a, like, a, a more of a vet, or, you know, like a vet at um, whatever job, and they ask if they can bring their friend along, that usually sort of deflects some of the focus on you <laughs> away. Yeah. Or, like, takes some of the pressure off. Because then they'll blame your samurai friend for bringing such a noob along. Gosh. And you get the experience and possibly a win. <laughs> yes. Um, but also on, like, jobs that would be really sort of good for accessibility now that, like, it's still sort of fresh in my mind. Um, I'm not super sure on, like, how popular this is in Delve, but Black Mage is really accessible. Uh, it would... is not so much for Delve. Not so much for Delve, but... Well, uh, it depends. To get the aura off, a lot of people will bring a Black Mage. Right. Like, I would say, um, like, his Black Mage is useful in Abyssia, where you're going to get a lot of your gear for White Mage, specifically um, the Curing Body and Curing Pants and some other stuff. It's also useful in Skirmish. Right. So Black Mage is a really useful job. It's very straightforward, especially nowadays, geez. Um, And uh, it's not super expensive if you uh, look for your spells and stuff, because most of your nukes now are with the lower level spells anyway. Um, because, you know, the tier uh, tier one spells for Black Mage do kind of ridiculous amounts of damage now at uh, 99 and are significantly more MP efficient. So you can get away with missing a spell here and there more a little bit more than you could back in my day. So And as of yet, um, you don't actually need Meteor for anything? No, you don't. Uh, and, and that's the only expensive one still. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, like, I think probably the most expensive one aside from Meteor would be like maybe 100k tops. Maybe. I don't and think. That's, like, that's, that's a big maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be like I don't know, uh, some ancient magic or whatever, that'd be like a proc that only comes from like a burning circle or something. But yeah, Black Mage is quite good, and um, I would say with Haste 2 coming out, you might want to look into Red Mage also. But Red Mage is a little bit more complex than White or Black, just because you have a lot to do. So, yeah. 
Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think I think definitely White Mage is probably the most accessible. Honestly, Bard, if you um, if you get the uh, the new job-specific equipment... Um, we forgot to mention that. Instrument, yeah, and then also the thing that you were about to talk about. Uh, is it Records of Eminence? Yeah, we talked about that. No, I mean the, the instrument. Right, yeah. Okay, so... Oh, we did uh, talk about it. Right, but we just forgot to mention this, like, way back then. Uh, but whatever. So... Recently, they put in new. Uh, they put in a records of eminence horn, which um, gives, uh, which is essentially the equivalent of what the bard relic weapon would have been at seventy five, where it just makes it so. Um, instruments now have uh, you know songs plus whatever, so it might be like ballad plus one or minuet plus one or something like that. This horn has all songs plus two, so it just means that you, instead of having ten instruments, you get to have one. It's the keyboard. Yes. Um, there are better instruments that may have like plus three or plus four for some stuff, but this is like a really good space saver. And it's really good for beginning bards, like mm-hmm. while you start to get sort of like your even footing. Um, bard, very simple, very accessible, pretty fun once you start getting into the groove also. Ah, that was totally unintentional. But Yeah. Huh. Um, that was a pun, sort of, I guess. Can you yeah, make was- a pun without using words? I think so. Huh. Yeah. Wow. That I'm high fiving you. But yeah. Um, Audio just, theater of the mind. Right. Uh, but yeah. So they gave. Uh, there's a new records of eminence flute, which is very good for bard, um, beginning ones. And there's also um, a new ring for corsairs, which I believe you can also get from records of eminence. That has um, plus three to the rolls and also a bell for geomancers that gives extra power to their buffs and stuff. Yep. So. Uh, speaking of that, Geomancer is also another one that uh, is not a bad option, although I will say that Geomancer is less required now than it was for a brief period of time. Yeah. So, so you're going to, you might, the thing with Geomancer is that it's kind of the cool hybrid between Bard and Black Mage, I would say, with a little bit of melee white mage in there if you want to get super into it. But the thing is, is that the gear requirement is very, very specific, so it might be a little bit inaccessible for yeah. that one reason alone. It may be expensive, too, to get the AF like for the crafted items. Yeah, no, I still can't afford it. Um, or at least it's not worth it for me, at least. All right, so he says, uh, thank you for answering my questions. Your fan from Germany, Fitzwilliam. So that was a good yeah. email. Thank you. Yes. Cool. Uh, so, plugs. Uh, we've plugged our email on Twitter enough. We don't need to mention it again, although we will anyway. Um, yeah. At PetFoodBeta on Twitter uh, and PetFoodBeta at GamerEscape.com. And our main site of at GamerEscape for all of your gaming news, whether it be Final Fantasy XI, XIV, or otherwise. Speaking of Final Fantasy XIV news, uh, Fusion X and the gang uh, had excellent coverage of Square Enix at E3. Yes, they did. They had an uh, interview with Naoki Yoshida, um, and so. they also had an interview with Fern Halls, who worked on a lot of language stuff, uh, and the last episode of Aetherite Radio was a Lorne Train episode, which I found extremely interesting. Um, so, yeah, check out all of that stuff. The I actually have two things to plug this week. Oh. Yes. The MS at Paint... I almost said MSN. <laughs> not, not that. May I rest in peace. Um, is. The MS Paint Challenge on the FFXIAH.com, the Final Fantasy XI auction house website, which has a surprisingly active forum. Um, oh, yeah, it's actually... I think it's probably the most active XI forum out there. Yeah. After, um... On the fan art section, 
there is this Microsoft Paint weekly challenge that I just wanted to, to give a shout out to that is pretty hilarious. So every week, um, the winner of the previous week chooses the topic and it's things like you know, there is, if your character had an ability from any other video game, what would it be? And then the idea is that you'd use MS Paint um, or similar program to draw your character in said situation. And the entries are always really fun. And so uh, check it out. Um, the other thing I wanted to plug is the Final Fantasy V for Job Fiesta, which started last week. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Okay. What it is, is, uh, and I, I borrowed some copy from their website. It's simple. In Final Fantasy V, there are 22 to 26 jobs available for you to play as, depending on which version of the game you have. Like the old original version only had 22, 22. Yeah, yeah. Later versions have a few more. But in the four job fiesta, however, you'll be assigned a random assortment of four jobs only, one from each crystal. So as you get each of the four elemental crystals, you unlock more jobs in the game. And you can only use these four jobs as you play the game. And a uh, just as a side note, Final Fantasy V is designed in a way that you can play any combination of the jobs to beat the game Ooh. with some ded dedication. And the Four Job Fiesta is a benefit for the Child's Play charity, and it has already exceeded last year's contributions with $7,869.50 as of this recording. And the way that it works is you tweet at FF5 for futures with various hashtags listed on their site to get started. Uh, and the Gilgabot, the icon is Gilgamesh, will assign you your first job from the wind crystal. And then as you unlock the different crystals, you say you tweet at it and say like fire crystal and it'll then assign you your next job that you can play as. And then the people can pledge for however many people meet certain conditions or you can just simply straight up donate to the cause if you want. Or you can just be a participant and not actually pay any money and have other people pledges contribute for you. Um, so that's what it is. And find out more about Child's Play at childsplaycharity.org. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Right now my setup, I only have three of the four crystals, but my setup is two monks, one white mage, and one berserker. I got the berserker, which if, if you've never played Final Fantasy V, um, the berserker is basically a class that can only auto-attack. That you, it does, it, you cannot select a command for it. I remember, um, and I haven't played five, but I have played, um, I played 10-2, and so there was a berserker class in that. And yeah, I could only auto attack, but it was so good. Yeah, well, what's so what's fun about five is as you you level up your character, but you level up your job separately, and it's sort of like in eleven you level up your job, and then you have skill ups, it's sort yeah. of similar. And as you skill up, you unlock different weapon skills or spells. Okay. Um, with five, the way it works is as you level up your job, you get new new abilities unlocked that you can assign to a slot regardless of your current job, and you can only assign one cross class so okay um, like for example i leveled up a monk until i got the act the trait of counterattack, and then i i switched one of my monks for one of my berserkers so that i have a berserker that can also counterattack. Ooh. so that's that i probably am gonna give that a shot that sounds really cool yeah it, and it's it's really fun with those limitations self-imposed limitations you know when i got the wind crystal i was four monks so oh, I had, you know, oh, I think you lots can unlock, of potions. well, lots, lots of potions, but, um, the way that I, I did it until I unlocked, um, chakra was 
I had one of them designated as the healer assigned to the back row, and it would just use potions, but it was in the back row, so it wouldn't do as much damage, but it also wouldn't get hit for as much. So It's fun. Check it out. Very um, cool. And, gosh, I think that about does it. <laughs> wow, that was a three-hour recording. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah. How, wow, um, I feel dirty and worn out. Yeah. I feel accomplished. I feel like Fusion's gonna hate us when he uploads it and sees the length. Because <laughs> he'll think, wait, what time did I log on there? Because that must have been like the end of the episode, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. You guys are like the most disappointing fantasy <laughs> fans. Well, no. Yeah. Me mostly, but yeah. And we'll catch you next time on Pet Food Beta. Bye. <laughs>